Welcome to the St. Clair College Women in STEM Speaker Series Podcast. I'm your host, Sue Taylor, and I am the Program Manager of Innovation, Entrepreneurship, and Student Experience at the Genesis Entrepreneurship Centre, located in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. This podcast was developed to highlight women who have excelled in male-dominated industries and environments, women who are leaders, and women who serve to inspire and act as role models and mentors to young women, which we like to refer to as STEM champions. STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Math, and has most recently included Entrepreneurship and Manufacturing. Our goal is to support and foster these women and show that then they can accomplish all they set out to achieve and then some. Stay tuned to learn more about women working in STEM, their journeys, their challenges, their accomplishments, and so much more. This is the Women in STEM Speaker Series Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's uh, episode of the Women in STEM Speaker Series. Today, our guest is Vicki Gruber, who is the Director of Safety and Security and the Harbor Master for Hamilton Oshawa Port Authority. Uh, welcome, Vicki. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today. So uh, we'll start off with, again, the typical question. It's like having a job interview, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, you can talk about where you grew up, uh, schools, kind of how you got in, into your role and uh, became involved in the Port Authority. Sounds great. Um, so I am actually local to the Hamilton area. I did grow up in Sony Creek. Um, I attended grade school and high school locally. Um, I always knew I wanted something in the law enforcement field. Uh, that was always, uh, you know, something that, that was a passion of mine growing up. In high school, I had the opportunity to sort of explore that a little bit more uh, by having the opportunity to do a uh, field placement, a co-op placement at Sears. Uh, and I was a retail investigator where, where I was actually hired on after my co-op stint. Um, I went to Sheridan College, uh, and at that time, it was called the Law and Security Program. And I've worked in the private security field for over 26 years. Again, the retail, um, I worked at uh, a casino for seven years, where I was their uh, security supervisor. And now I've been with the Hamilton Oshawa Port Authority for 16. Oh, wow. So I've been, uh, I've been happily married for 13 years. And I have two wonderful fur babies, <laughs> and uh, just recently, I actually um, obtained my certificate in emergency management uh, through Algonquin College. Oh, wow. So you're going to school and working and doing all these other things all at the same time. Been so, busy. Wow. <laughs> a very, very busy. So how did you become attracted to it? I know the security piece, but how did that transfer into in the marine industry, really? So at, at that time, um, it was finding a newspaper clipping, in, in, you know, in the uh, in the paper for a port patrol officer. And it was definitely intriguing. It was something different than I've been exposed to in the past. And uh, it was, you know, a job that I applied for. Um, I've always loved the marine industries. You know, when I growing up, I used to go fishing off the docks and off the boat with my dad. And it, it's sort of um, ironic too, being in this position. Growing up, we we're right by the Burlington Canal, where all the ships transit through mm -hmm. uh, to enter the Hamilton Harbor. And I remember going down there as a kid, watching the um, ships come through. 
So these are these things that people don't realize. I look at when you, when you're talking about careers, it can be some little thing that turns into something that you do later that you don't even think anything of at the time, you know, that, that everything is an opportunity basically, you know, to go into later. So kind of talk to us about what is your day to day like when you're, you know, when you show up at work in the morning, what does that entail? So the one thing I absolutely love about my job is every day is not the same. Mm -hmm. So there are days where it is a little bit of a groundhog day. I go through my emails, answer, you know, messages, phone calls and whatnot. But then you have the variety of, um, with my position, I also deal with the emergency management, with the security aspect, um, with the health and safety and the harbor operations. So it can be any and everything happening at the exact same time. Oh, wow. So really, it, it really varies from fires on the port to emergency calls to, you know, we have a um, issues with vessels entering the harbor or with cargo or, again, anything and everything. So even, you know, you go in in a day thinking, oh, I'm going to finally get through my emails or have these meetings. And then all of a sudden, some emergency happens and your whole day pivots to take care of uh, those new things. Did that, yes. did, did the pandemic affect what you were doing at all? Yes. Did that change your role? How did that affect your role? So it was on two sides. Um, it was the employee side. So dealing with the um, the COVID response on behalf of the Hamilton Oshawa Port Authority mm-hmm. and overseeing our uh, the HOPA staff. We also um, had involvement in our tenants operations and then on the shipping side. Mm-hmm. So we were actually, uh, Hamilton was actually the first ve- um, port to receive a vessel with a suspected COVID case. Oh. So right at the beginning of the pandemic, things were happening where um, external agencies didn't have their policies even established yet. So we're sort of, you know, in, in a way, a test case of how do you deal with, say, crew members that are ill coming into the port? How are they being treated? How are they being looked at? But then on the flip side, you also had to deal with the community aspect of it. Right. Um, when COVID hit, there was a lot of uncertainty around the virus. So um, it was putting the community at ease and still dealing with the shipping industry and, you know, dealing with the crew coming in. And that's a lot on your shoulders too. So how many staff do you have that you work with? So my team consists of six staff. Um, The Port Authority as a whole, we have about almost 60 employees, but specifically with my department, which is the Harbor Master's Office Port Patrol, it's six staff. Okay. All right. And so what are the kind of coolest things about your job? That's one of the things we like to talk about. You know, we're trying to encourage young women and young men to 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 uh, look at these as careers. And uh, I know it's uh, important in the marine industry that we're encouraging people to because it's, you know, they're not sometimes I think they're just not aware of of how much we get all the things that we use that are, are coming to us because of the marine industry. So what are some cool things that you think that, you know, students uh, and young men and women are going to be interested in, in pursuing that as a career? Well, like you mentioned, 90% of the world's goods come to you by vessel. That is the first um, mode of transport to actually get that cargo. So to be a part of that industry and to be a part of the supply chain, you know, you are in the marine industry, you are helping, you know, those organizations, those agencies, businesses get their cargo. Mm-hmm. You're like the so, beginning. Yes. <laughs> You're chapter one. You are chapter one. I love it. 
So I know there's a lot of different terminology in in the marine industry. So, and again, I am naive to those, uh, in, honestly. So I'm sure that uh, many of our listeners are. So, if do you have any that you can share to us? Because I know we know like port and starboard, but there's a lot of other things. Every every industry comes with its own terminology. So, if you can you share some of that with us? Um, sure. Like you mentioned, the port starboard, um, also on the vessel, the bow and the stern. You look at draft, um, how soundings play a fa- um, play um, a part in a vessel's you know approach to a dock. Uh, the one thing I'll note, though, like between the security industry and the shipping industry, this was probably my biggest challenge at the very beginning, because um, being in the security industry, I dealt a lot with ten codes, so the ten four, ten four, like all those ones, yeah. and then to have a totally different way of speaking to captains and speaking with individuals, it, it was quite challenging. So I'm sure from the emergency services side that you're dealing with, those 10 codes do come in handy because I think I'm imagining you have to communicate with them as well Yes, when these things are going on. So your versatility, it expands that. (laughs) At least I have a better understanding of both industries. Yeah. Yeah. And then are there times that you have to board a vessel? Like, are there reasons that, you know, they come into, into port that you have to board them or how does, what happens with that? So um, especially with the last two years of um, COVID, they really had a restriction on anyone boarding a vessel if there wasn't an absolute necessity to do so. Um, in the past, though, I have boarded the vessels just to meet the captains. Again, these captains are coming into our port from around the world. So just to have that conversation with them has always been a great opportunity. Um, I've worked with, um, I'm on the board for the Mission of Seafarers Southern Ontario which is an organization that helps seafarers that come into port contact family, buy groceries, just have some type of um, relief while mm-hmm. they're in port. Oh, so okay. I've had the opportunity to talk to some of the crew, mm-hmm. but also dealing with other issues. If there's an actual incident on board, any type of investigation, possibly if there's like damaged cargo, you know, signing some paperwork on that. So it, it really definitely varies. Mm-hmm. For sure. And you mentioned earlier about uh, different other partnerships and sort of agencies or um, who are those type of people that you'd be dealing with uh, directly day to day? So um, a big partner with us is the uh, police services Mm -hmm. Um, with us, you know, um, covering such a a huge area. um, I have municipal agencies. I deal with five different agencies and then you have the provincial police, federal police, And then also with the fire departments, the shipping industry, Mm -hmm. our different organizations, and um, all of the vessels that come in that are from overseas are represented by agents. Okay. So there's definitely a lot of different aspects, different uh, contacts that you would have within the industry. So have you had any very cool things that have happened? Any stories that you can share to us? I know I'm sure some of them with uh, privacy, confidentiality, no, but I mean, if you can share some cool stories that have happened, you know, under your guard. (laughs) I I think it would be opportunities. Um, I know back in, I believe it was 2016, we had 11 tall ships that came into the port. Oh, cool. So I I had the opportunity to play in partnership with the city of Hamilton, uh, a large part in their planning arrival, overseeing the parade of sail uh, when they entered the harbor and then their departure. So events like that, recently we just had the HMCS Glace Bay, which is a Canadian Navy vessel come to the port. So making arrangements for them for their arrival and whatnot. So 
that's always been a, a cool aspect because it's something different. Mm -hmm. You know, dignitaries to the port have always been fun. Um, I know I've dealt with ones with uh, Prince Charles and Camilla when they came back. I think it was, geez, 2008. Oh, wow. So just to be a part of that has always been pretty amazing. And then, you know, Pan Am Games, Hamilton hosted that back in 2000. And, oh, geez. Was that 16, 17? Mm -hmm. Same thing. So those have been always very interesting. Um, a lot of our incidents, unfortunately, that's something we, we usually don't share, but... <laughs> It's been anything and everything. Yeah. I feel like you're almost like an event planner. <laughs> like <Yeah>. you're <laughs> putting all putting all these things out. So, you know, I I am imagining and I think I am aware that it's a very male-dominated industry. Um, and that those are always uh kind of what I like as part of um our different guests that we have on. So um how do you deal that in that day-to-day -day and you know, earning their respect and you know, how how does that work in, in that industry? It has been difficult at times in the sense that when I became Harbor Master, I'm actually one of 17 Canadian Port Authority Harbor Masters, mm -hmm. and I'm only one of two females. Wow. So when I became Harbor Master back in uh, 2014, I was the youngest Harbor Master and again, a female. So getting the respect of my coworkers, but also the marine industry it was a lot of having to prove myself mm -hmm. that I was competent. I knew what I was doing and that I had the ability to make decisions and stand by them with confidence. Yeah. So I think once those, once certain people, you know, had the opportunity to test me, the respect level changed. Yeah. But I think they always try to put that out, you know, just to make sure you know what you're doing type of thing. So, <laughs> and, you know, I, it, it's something I still battle after eight years of being a Harbor master, you still run into those barriers with some people where um, they still test you if, if you know what you're doing, you know, it, you're in that position for a reason. Do you actually fulfill your job to their satisfaction? I guess. I, I'm sure that's with people that meet you, you know, initially kind of thing. And then I think once they, uh, uh, once they get, have have a few words with you or have some interactions with you in the workplace, I'm sure that that changes. So I know that uh, you and I were introduced by uh, Peter Berry from the Windsor Port Authority. So uh, the college, we're doing some uh, cool things or working on some things with them. And uh, so he had the utmost respect for you and immediately said, I know somebody that would be a perfect guest for your podcast. So anyway, thank, uh, thank Peter for that. And also Thanks. for, uh, you know, making that connection because it is, I love to, to see that. Um, so, you know, two out of, how would you said 16, uh, two out of 17, two of 17, like yeah. that's, that's incredible. So good for you. Okay. So talking, uh, sort of along that path. So we always like to talk about, uh, mentors and, uh, mentoring and being mentored. Um, so is there anybody that served, uh, you as a, an influencer along the way, uh, or that, you know, you give credit to, uh, throughout your journey that, uh, you know, helped you have that guideline to end up where you are today? A lot of the mentoring um, I really experienced was in my years at the Port Authority, where, and I think it's because coming into a male-dominated industry, I, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of strong females, where they really showed me my worth, that I am a strong female as well, and it's okay to stick up for yourself. So, uh, uh, you know, there's a number of women I, I work with that are absolutely fierce, mm -hmm. that I talk to them on a regular basis because they go through those same struggles, absolutely. you know, and it's having that collaboration, having that, 
you know, that opportunity to talk to each other and sort of, you know, get yourselves through it. Um, again, they have probably been, been my, uh, the most support that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Also, you mentioned, uh, Peter Barry is, uh, I know when I became Harbor master, he was my big brother right from day one. And he's still my big brother. <laughs> no, I always know I can go to him for help. And again, I, I look up to him so much because of that. And I respect him so much because of that. And the other one would be, I would say my husband has been mm-hmm. a great mentor for me. My husband is from um, the enforcement industry as well. He was mm-hmm. a police officer and uh, he understands a lot where I'm coming from, especially dealing with uh, the security yeah. part of my job and um, is always great because I can run things by him. He gives me a different perspective on things. And he's, again, uh, even going through my education the past three years, he was my my number one cheerleader through it all. Yeah, that's amazing. See, and you and you need to have that support from all different fights. So you had, you know, talking about supports at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, for Peter being that supports at home. And I think that sort of makes that well-rounded because you need to, you know, be able to have those places that you can vent. <laughs> and then yes. also that can, you know, set you straight if you need it and, and guide you. So it's, it, uh, it is very important. So um, are there any things like when you're looking at as far as your role, that you would say as an advantage in your role or a disadvantage um, that you find uh, that being so uh, like, I'm assuming long hours. <laughs> Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know Peter puts in a lot of hours. Um, so, and I, I, I'm sure that's one of there any advantages or disadvantages someone looking to, to head that way should consider. I think the disadvantages, like you mentioned, is that work-life balance. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's difficult at times, especially if you are the one that they come to for emergencies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting my, th- my calls at three in the morning, two in the morning, when you're co- like waking up from a dead sleep and trying to be on the ball. Yeah. resolve an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that, you know, it, it's something you struggle with at times. Um, but advantages is everything, everything in everything I do and everyone I deal with, I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I can honestly say about my job is I absolutely love it because of that. You know, that, it doesn't feel like work then. No, no. Um, I'm very lucky. I have a fantastic team mm-hmm. coming to work every day you know, my team makes me laugh every single day I'm with them. Mm-hmm. So there are those pluses. Yeah, for sure. I love yeah. that. We, uh, we were talking about uh, terminology and it just made me think of uh, the, the fact that, so I know in you and you're talking about policing. So in policing, so we have a chief and deputy chief and inspectors and, you know, down to, to constable, how does that work on a ship? Because I know there's the captain of the ship, but then how, how does the level of rank work um, or, you know, the, as far as their jobs on the ship itself? So you would have like a captain or they would also refer to them as a master Okay. Then you go down to first mate, second mate, third mate. Then you have a chief engineer, second engineer, third engineer, depending on the size of the vessel. And then you just have um, able body seamen, which are sort of like a multi-task position. Okay. Uh, there, there's cooks on board and there's just other positions. Okay. Yeah. So, and just depending on what they need. So on an, an average side ship, how many um, crew would they have? So, um, so an average ship, so if you look at like a lake vessel, for example, 735 or 25 feet, uh, you're looking at probably about 22 on board okay. anywhere from 18 to 22 is about average. Okay. And usually I understand the, uh, 
the cooks on the ship are exceptional because <laughs> there would be they would have to deal with these guys and be locked on a ship with them if the food wasn't good. I've heard they eat very well. <laughs> yeah. I think Peter yeah. made the terminology. He says we give you uh three hots and a cot, like three hot meals and a cot when you're in somewhere to sleep on the <laughs> ship. So we talked about that our, like our culinary program, it w- didn't even occur to me. We have students studying that that they could go and and go work on a ship and and yes. be cooking there too, right? So yeah. anyway, just uh just thought so thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. So and just really to finish off, like, do you have any bits of advice for our women in STEM? So um, I like to bring that back to, you know, if you could tell yourself 19 year old Vicky something, what would you say? (laughs) If you want to do it, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when growing up, I remember in high school, I wanted to take auto mechanics. Mm -hmm. And my mom's like, no, you can't take auto mechanics. That's for a boy to do, not a girl. You should take home economics. I wish I listened to myself and took auto mechanics instead. So, so, yeah. Um, so to any girl out there, if you want to be an astronaut, if you want to do absolutely anything, go for it. You know, if you have the opportunity, go for it. The only one who's going to stop you is you, no one else. I agree with you a hundred percent. So we usually finish off with just some sort of rapid fire questions at the end that you, you know, so, and they're totally oblivious and just really just for, to, as a nice way to close out. So a okay. uh, breakfast, would you have a cereal or pancakes? Pancakes. Uh, are you Android or iPhone? Android. Uh, because of choice or because that's what they give you at work? <laughs> no choice. I had the choice like of either or. <laughs> Uh, when you're, when you're using your computer, do you use a trackpad or do you prefer a mouse? Are you old school? Um, I would go mouse. You would say mouse. Okay. Anything you're binge watching right now? Are you a Netflix person? I'm not Netflix. We're still a little bit old school, uh, in our place right now. It's better call Saul. Oh, Uh, and handmaid's tale that I've been enjoying. They actually filmed some of the stuff locally. Oh, really? Which was pretty cool. That's always cooler because then you can actually see it. You know, like I've been there. I I know that I've been there. So have you seen uh, Top Gun, the new Top Gun movie that's out? No, not yet. Oh, and that's on my, that's on my list. I know everyone keeps telling me how, how, what a good movie it is. So (laughs) anyway, well, thank you so much, Vicky. I really appreciate um, you uh, joining us today. And uh, if um, anybody has any uh, questions, I'm sure that we can, we'll put in the, uh, ways to get in contact. If there's more information that people want, uh, we'll have that posted in the notes of the podcast uh, so people can reach out. So thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest and uh, certainly en- enlightened me on the, uh, on the ways. And uh, hopefully we are encouraging young men and women to come out and uh, enjoy the marine industry. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to the St. Clair College Women in STEM Speaker Series podcast, highlighting women trailblazers who have excelled in male-dominated industries and environments. If you're a St. Clair College student who would like more information on the Women in STEM Club, or you're a woman working in STEM or a leader in your field and are interested in being featured on our podcast or acting as a mentor for one of the incredible young women in our STEM Club, you can email us at stem at stclaircollege.ca to sign up. Be sure to connect with us on social media at St. Clair Genesis. 
For more information on the Genesis Entrepreneurship Center, or for details on our workshops and entrepreneurial resources, you can visit our website at www.stclaircollege.ca slash Genesis. If you'd like this episode, please make sure to let us know by leaving a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting St. Clair College, the Genesis Entrepreneurship Center, and Women in STEM. Until next time.